Lord God, as we think about the ancient words that we read in the Bible, today as we read them, as we consider their meaning to our lives, I pray that you would illuminate uh, your truth to us. Thank you, Lord, for handing us not only salvation and purpose and a lot of reasons for joy, but also for handing us instructions about how our lives should be lived. We're grateful for the Bible, and today we want to celebrate that together as we study it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. So last week, um, we finished Basic Christianity, which a lot of you might say, well, I read that book and it wasn't very basic. Oh, it's true. There's actually a lot to learn in there, a whole bunch of important principles for our lives. And I hope that that gives you a little bit of a track to run on, not only for your own understanding, but also when it comes to sharing your faith with someone else. Um, in fact, I did want to make available, if there are any more of those books around the church, I know there's some in the, in the front, uh, you are welcome to take them. You can take them to share with others. You can take all of them, take one of them. We don't want them to sit here. We want them to get out in circulation. So if you like that and you'd like to walk through it with another person, go ahead and grab a copy and, and initiate that this week. Um, after Easter, we're planning on starting a series on how to share our faith. Actually, some people have asked for that over the last couple of years and just, you know, kind of out of a heart of saying, I love what God has done for me. I love what the Bible means. I want to know how to share it with people who are not initiated into any of this yet. So we'll dive into that starting the Sunday after Easter. Uh, for now, I wanted to actually reprise a series that we did in 2019 about the Bible and just kind of come back and do a little refresher on how important it is that the Bible be open in front of us. All right, so I'd like to kick it off with this question, and that is, what's your strategy to keep your heart pure? And is it working? Now, you could define a pure heart in a number of ways. You could think about pure motives. You could think about a heart that isn't hiding anything. Think about a heart that isn't tainted by lust or greed or pride, but a heart that's really coming from a place that's honestly in love with God, honestly trying to do the right thing. And I think all of us would say we aspire to have a pure heart. We certainly want to be thought of as having pure hearts and pure motives. But we also know that our hearts have a problem. Our hearts are deceptive. Our hearts taint us, you know, to kind of tilt us to do the wrong thing. Our hearts are often swept up in the temptations that we see around us, and we get way off track. So I, I believe that each one of us, in order to have a pure heart, has to intentionally have a strategy to keep our heart pure. And my question is just how are you doing with that? Now you could look around and say, well, culture isn't helping us very much because, man, every, everything around us points in the wrong direction. It points away from purity of heart. So you could, you could listen to the radio. You could, go, you could flip on your television. You could watch Netflix. You could go online. You could scroll social media. You could talk to friends around the water cooler. You could just anywhere you go. There's all sorts of filth and trash out there, right? So how are you supposed to keep your heart pure when it feels like you're up against a tidal wave of negative, a tidal wave of impurity. So there are some things that we try, and I know this because I've tried them, that are helpful, but they're not enough. Here's the first one. Limits on what we see or hear. So you might think, okay, I, I want to have a pure heart, 
And I want to keep my mind thinking about the right things and not get carried off by whatever, you know, deception or pornography or greed or something. And so um, in order to keep my heart pure, I'm going to limit what I see in here. So maybe you flip on the clean setting on your Spotify account or your phone or whatever and deletes all the bad words. Or, or maybe you say, maybe you, you reduce the age and you say, we're only going to watch, you know, TV 14 and down. Um, maybe you say, I, need, I, mean, I have powerful internet filter hooked up to my computer, so, you know, if something's terrible or whatever, I, I don't end up seeing it. Uh, you might say, I, I'm editing even the people I hang out with so that I don't have bad influences in my life. And all of those things would be helpful if you're trying to have a pure heart, but they're not actually going to make you a pure person. Would you agree with that? There are kind of tools in the toolbox, some of them very necessary, but not very powerful because they don't actually change what's in your heart. They just limit the bad influences coming at you. Okay, so maybe you say, I'm going to fill my life with church activities and services, which is great, but that only helps you right now and right here. It doesn't help you in the rhythm of sort of what a real life <laughs> that, that we would live day to day. Uh, you, you might say, I'm going to fill my mind with Christian music and media. So I'll read lots of books, hang out on Christian websites, listen to lots of Christian music. Again, super helpful, but not enough to change your heart, not enough to keep your heart pure. You might say, man, here's my resolution. Every time I slip into impurity, I have a lustful thought, have a bad motive, I'm going to immediately cut that thing off, confess it to God, and pray about my purity, which is wonderful. But that's kind of like playing cleanup. That doesn't help you get out ahead of the issue and actually proactively live in purity. That just kind of, I don't know, keeps you conscious of it. So those things are helpful. Some of them are necessary, but they're not enough. So what is a workable strategy for you and I to have a pure heart? Especially if you think about in your mind right now the kinds of things that you imagine, the kinds of things that you let yourself fantasize about, the kinds of things that you seek while you're alone, the, the, the things that you would say are twisted and evil and you hope no one ever knows that that was really in your mind, that you would think that kind of, whatever, hateful or grudging or lustful thought. How do you defeat that? Now, we tend to think that we're in a different time right now when it's like somehow a lot harder to be pure than it used to be. I don't think that's true. Because I know, I believe, that what's happening in my heart and your heart is the same human problem that has been happening in people's hearts ever since Eve took a bite of the apple, right? The sin in our heart is what causes impurity to come out in our life. And until we deal with the heart issue, it doesn't really matter what the culture around us is doing. We would expect it to be impure if it's not pursuing following Jesus. And so what we have to do is say, hey, the the problem in me is actually the same as it always has been. And the answer for that problem is the same as it always has been. And we're going to find it today in Psalm 119. Okay, so turn in the Bible to Psalm 119, which is a really fun chapter for multiple reasons. Those of you who like to think about poetry and, I don't know, beautiful verse and song, there's a whole bunch to think about with Psalm 119. When you read it in English, you don't get the whole story because Psalm 119, as opposed to other songs and psalms that are in the Bible, 
is written based on the Hebrew alphabet. Did you know that? So when you look at the headings in Psalm 119, it's broken up by subheading, uh, like Aleph and Beth and Gemel and Deleth. Those are Hebrew letters. And so what the author has done is not only made these subheadings based on the letters, but in Hebrew, if you were to read it, every line of that subheading would start with that letter. So someone really went through a lot of, you know, the ancient thesauruses or whatever to come up with how to do this. And, uh, and so if we were writing it in English and we were kind of making a similar thing, you might say, hey, let's just talk about what God wants us to do. And then you'd say the letter A. And then you'd have every sentence that you say next starts with the letter A. Okay, now let's say the letter B. And then every sentence starts with the letter B. That's, that's what's happening in Hebrew in this chapter. So we're going to look at the letter B, Beth, um, in Hebrew. But we're going to read the English. Okay, so here we go. Verse 9. Under Beth, how can a young person stay pure? And there it is. There's our question of the day. The same thing that people have wondered about, apparently now for centuries, we're still wondering about. And when there's a tidal wave of ickiness out there, how do you stay pure? How do you not just flow with all of that trash? How do you live a different kind of life? How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you've given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees. I will not forget your word. Now, this particular section means a lot to me because when I was a young guy, I was about 13 years old, someone really challenged me with these verses, and I printed them off, and I had them posted next to my bed, kind of like beside my pillow, so that when I would put my head down at night, these were the verses I would read every night for pretty much my, all my teen years. These were always right in front of me. And sometimes I would actually at night, you know, be praying about what these verses said, just praying that God would give me that. Uh, other times I would look at the paper and, you know, fall asleep before I could read it or something. But this was a part of my daily thinking as a young guy to say, how do I actually stay pure in my heart when everything seems like it's tempting me to not be pure? So I know you know what I'm talking about because we are all human beings, right? That no matter how good your intentions are, your heart still wants to wander away and think about terrible things. And so, so how is it that we walk a different road? And here it is, a strategy right in the Bible for us to follow. So how can a young person or any person keep their way pure? Let's talk it through. Now, I wanted to reprise a series that we did just to give you a little bit more, especially if you weren't here at the church in 2019. In 2019, we walked through a five-part series on specifically how to study your Bible, how you open it up and get something out of it, how, where you start, what you do. So if you would say you're new to the mix and you really haven't had a rhythm of Bible reading in your life, you can scroll back through our church sermon feed on our website, uh, scroll way, way back, 2019, and you'll find there this series called Your Bible Study. It just walks through five simple things. Uh, we started with the premise in your Bible study that, um, well, this one, and I, I know it's like a long time ago, so I wouldn't expect anybody to remember, but you never know. 
Does anybody remember what blanks we fill in here? When my Bible is open, God's mouth is open. When my Bible's open, God's mouth is open. How about the other way? When my Bible is, God's mouth is closed. Wow, so some of you paid attention and remembered that long. That's, that's great. Now, why would we say that? Obviously, God can speak to us in many different ways. He can speak through situations you're in or other people he brings into your life. He can speak to your heart when you're praying. The Holy Spirit can prompt you. There's lots of ways God speaks, but the primary way in your life that you'll ever hear God's voice is what? The Bible. Because we would say the Bible is God's word to us. So if you would say, I would like God to direct my life, I, would, I want to hear from him, but I just, it just seems like he's quiet up there in heaven. Is God's mouth open in front of you? If it's not, then that might be why God seems quiet. He would like to speak to you if you're willing to open up his word, the Bible, and start to engage with it, start to read it, start to listen to it. Uh, so we, we started with that premise, and then we walked through some principles of how to walk this through. The first challenge, which is super obvious, is start reading. Right here, what's crazy is there are people who would say they've been in church for 30, 40 years. They could answer all sorts of questions about the Bible. They've been to all kinds of classes regarding the Bible, but do they read the Bible? It's always an, it's always an interesting question to toss out. Um, so our challenge was, hey, start reading. That's number one. If you start with that and you've got an open heart, God will start to work in your life just on that basis alone. Then we talked about taking time to meditate which means to chew on what you're learning. So you open the Bible and you say you don't really approach the Bible the way that you would, I don't know, a novel or something where you just kind of read it and set it aside and go, that was a good story. You, you look at the Bible as more like, a, more like a mine that you can dig treasure out of. It's something that you would keep digging into. You would realize that there, there are things to learn every time you pass over God's word. He might teach you something new, something different. So you're constantly digging in and meditating means you're bringing God's word into your mind and you're just thinking about it. You're chewing on it over and over again and God starts to teach you through that process. Then we talked about becoming a student of the Bible. So you're looking at the Bible saying, okay, there's more here than I'm going to pick up on my first pass through. So I, I, I don't want to just read the Bible once and then call it over. I want to be a student of the Bible so that I can learn as much as possible and learn about the background of things and learn about how things fit together and the kind of literature it is. There's all sorts of neat things to learn. We talked about asking God for wisdom and how the Bible is designed not just to be kind of an object of study, but it's actually it's going to help you make decisions in your life. The more you know the Bible, the more wisdom your life will exude. And then we wrapped up that series and again, this is all available if you want to dig deep in this, all there online. We talked about the value of the Bible, which I'm glad we sang that song about the ancient words a couple minutes ago, because what it took for you to have a Bible in your hands, if you look at that from a historic perspective, is really remarkable. People's sacrifice of their lives, people standing up against oppressive governments, people endlessly scribing the details and the jots and tittles to keep things alive before there were printing presses. I mean, there were a lot of people, a huge chain of custody of this Bible that's now in front of you and so easy to open and read. It took a lot for us to have this in front of us. So we look at this and we say, Lord, thank you for your word here that took centuries to build that now you've handed to us. And even though we would look at these words and say they're ancient words, 
they're really relevant. They're asking the same questions that then that we're asking now. So back to our question of the day, how's your strategy for having a pure heart? It has a lot to do with how often God's word is open in front of you. So if you would feel like your self-assessment when you think about purity in your heart is that even though you might say like, I want, to, I want that, but I feel like day to day I'm not hitting that target, you might even feel like you're compromising more and more as time goes on, that you used to be more pure than you are now. If that's you, your solution pathway is going to be you opening the Bible in a fresh way. And all the other things you might try will be helpful, but they won't be enough. So let's walk through the strategy that uh, was given to us in Psalm 119, 9 through 16, just to start the process. Okay, This is a process we can only start it at church. Church can't be all that you get. This is helpful, but it's not going to be enough. This is the motivation. This is the, you know, this is your step one. But for you to have the Bible as a part of your heart and life, it has to be open in your life, not just when you're in corporate gatherings or teaching scenarios. So let's walk through the strategy and see how to do that. So the first thing we come to in the scripture is this idea that we need to choose to seek God's word. This is not something that will just happen to us, I don't know, by osmosis or automatically or something. This is a, this is a decision to want it, and you can choose what you want. Look at what the Bible says. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. Say, okay, I do want that. How do I get it? Look at verse 10. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I am seeking you, God, with all of my heart. I want you in my life, defining my life. I want to learn from you. The desire that you have, the level of desire that you have is going to determine how much your Bible is open in front of you versus closed and on your shelf. So if you would say, Lord, I do want you, a first line decision to make is, Lord, I'm going to choose for this to be a key part of my life. Now, for some of us who follow Jesus for many years, we might say, yeah, I kind of already know that. Okay. Are you doing that? Now, some people are, and awesome, right? But what I run into more often than not is that as time goes on being a Christian, you, you lose your momentum initially, and suddenly the Bible just isn't in your daily life that much. Hey, it even happened, it's happened to me before. It happens to me even as a pastor. It can happen to anyone. So having the Bible open in your life is your first key, and, you, and you're saying, Lord, I'm choosing to seek this. The challenge that we've got is that a lot of other voices in the world are trying to get our attention. And we all realize that, right? Think about every media company that's out there only makes money if you pay attention to them. Which means the moment your eyes are not on their media, what's happening to their bottom line? They, they need you to pay attention. So they're employing every tactic they can to keep you listening to their music, watching their movies, keep scrolling, keep talking, keep interacting. Keep thinking you're productive when it's really not that productive. That's what they're, that they're, they're out for your attention. So if we're going to choose to seek God's word, what that's going to mean is we're going to have to want the Bible in our mind more 
then we want an extra 20 minutes of music playing or an extra episode of our favorite show or whatever. We're going to have to actually set some of that aside because that will take 100% of you. We all know that. That's what it's designed to do. Unless you pause it and pay attention to something else. So can we say, Lord, I want you more than I want my entertainment. Lord, I want you more than I want whatever, the news or the, or the next scroll on my uh, you know, Instagram or something. Lord, I want you, and so I'll set aside time to seek you instead of those things. If we start seeking God that way, it's amazing how quickly our spiritual life and our heart will start to turn in a new direction. I remember when I was about 12, my parents were new Christians at the time, and they were really excited about memorizing the Bible, getting it into our lives and our hearts. So they said, hey, let's, let's decide to do some memory. So together as a family, it was very clunky. It was not pro-level or anything. It was, it was pretty homespun. But we tried, and we did memorize some things. We memorized part of Romans 6. We memorized Psalm 1. And I remember actually just as we were doing that, we were talking about, as a family, I was 12 or 13, thinking our minds actually are in a new direction. Like we're starting to think differently just because God's word is directly in our mind. Think, man, that, that impacted me even while I was young. It can impact anyone. It's just right here what this text says, which kind of gets to the second strategy listed in Psalms 119, and that is to fill your heart with the Bible. So verse 11, if you wanted the whole sermon in one sentence, like just read me the one verse that actually will help me the most, it's probably verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So what's your best pathway if you would say, I want my heart to change and I want to follow Jesus, what should you do? Hide God's word in your heart. So that could be memorizing. It could also just be interacting with God's word so much that it becomes a part of who you are and how you think and you're conversing about it with other people. It's a part of your daily story. So you, so you start looking for ways to fill your heart with the Bible instead of filling your heart with a whole bunch of other things. Automatically, we're filling our hearts with something, right? Right? I mean, that's, good. that's going to happen to all of us. Your time and attention is spent somewhere. But if you say, Lord, I'm prioritizing the Bible in my life, that will actually help you with the heart transformation work that needs to happen and the purification of your life and your thinking. Because you might say, Dan, if you knew what was in my mind, you would think, like, I'm, my mind is really dirty. My mind is corrupted. I don't know how I would ever stop thinking that way. Well, Try the most powerful weapon in the universe. Try God's word and see what happens in your heart. If you really start filling your, your life and your heart with his word, things in your mind will change. Do you want that? Okay, the third strategy we see is in verse 12, focus on the author, not just his words. Not speaking about the physical author of the Bible here, like the people God used to write it down, but the actual author, God himself. Look at verse 12. I praise the Bible, O Lord, teach me your decrees. Is that what verse 12 says? No, I don't praise the Bible. It says, I praise you, O Lord, teach me your decrees. So just being really excited about the Bible isn't necessarily going to help you. Some of the most learned people in the times of Jesus could quote vast sections of the Bible but Jesus said that they were literally enemies of God, like they were as far away in their hearts as they could possibly be from purity. The Bible as just a pursuit, just to, just to learn about what the next chapter says, isn't 
That's not the aim of all of this. It's actually to know God. It's to love God. So that loving the Bible more won't help your heart get more pure. Loving God more will. And that's why when you love someone, you're actually glad when their mouth is open and you can hear from them. So you say, Lord, I love you, so I want to know what your word says. And if that's the attitude of your heart, if you're loving God, that love for God actually starts to overcome some of the love for the other things that are crowding out your purity. Then the fourth strategy is to take delight in God's directions. So you kind of look at the rest of this text, and it's interesting, he's treating the Bible, and specifically, if you read the details here, the laws of God, which we would all probably say is kind of the boring parts of the Bible, he's treating it like it's gold. Okay, look at his attitude here. Verse 13, I have recited aloud all the regulations you've given us. So it's not like he just kind of like thumbed through it and went, yep, there it is, and set it on a shelf. No, he's like, he's reading it out loud. He loves it. He says, I have recited aloud all the regulations you've given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. So somebody who scratches off the lottery ticket they find and, man, they are the $500 winner. They jump up for joy. I can't believe this is real. I've got these riches. That's the attitude that he's saying he's bringing to the Bible. He's rejoicing in it as riches. It's more than riches. He says, I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I delight, I will delight in your decrees and will not forget your word. So taking delight in something is, is kind of like when you pause and you just sort of let your heart smile a little bit. So maybe when you're out on a nature walk or something, you see the, some sort of cool cloudscape and the sun is hitting the trees a certain way, and you just pause and you just kind of say, wow, and you just smile a little bit. Right? Or you see a flower popping up first time this spring and you're just like, oh, wow. I, you know, it's, you're filled with a little bit of joy. You could just run right past that beautiful thing, but when you stop intentionally and look at it, you're taking delight in something. Right? I mean, there's no sense in It's like you don't need it to survive. You don't have to stop and look at the beautiful thing. But when you do, it fills your heart with joy. That's delight. So I was thinking about how, um, as a dad, I take delight in some of the things that I see in my kids. Now, you know, we could tell all the crazy stories, like from our trip, about how gross and terrible everything is with three-year-olds. But there's also another side, as we all know, Right? There's cute smiles and little songs and little moments that are, you just pause when there's some silly, cool thing happening and you just think, I just want to remember that, like, I just want to see this. I don't want to rush past this amazing moment. You take delight. And, and what's really sad is when you, as a parent, if you run past some delightful moment and then you realize you missed it and you're like, oh man, you know, like here I'm working so hard, but what I'm, I'm working for things like that moment and I missed it because I was working hard. So I was thinking about how that's kind of the way I feel about reading the Bible. It would be possible to just read the Bible out of duty. Maybe just read it when you're at church and we're all reading it together and that's it. That's it for you. Or, or you read the Bible in some sort of hurried way just to sort of rush through it and say, yeah, I did my reading for the day and I'm on with the next thing. But when you pause and you delight in the Bible... It's kind of like you pause and you just go, wow, like look what that means for me. Look at what God's saying. And the more you do that, the more it comes alive to you, the more you grow in your understanding of what's really happening here. 
So one of the choices we can make is to say, Lord, not only am I going to seek this, like choose to want it in my life, but I'm going to, I'm going to delight in it. There's lots of things that you could choose to delight in, but when you choose to delight in the Bible, it changes your heart. So your strategy for a pure heart might begin with just deciding that this is what you're going to pause and look at and be excited about. And as you do that, you'll feel that your heart changing. Okay, you kind of walk through the verses here and think about it really practically. How could you delight in the Bible more, perhaps, than you do right now? You just do exactly what it says. You read it out loud. I always thought reading out loud really does change the relationship you have with a text. Okay, versus like, you know, when you read in your mind, you're rolling through stuff fast. It's the same thing when you listen. So maybe you're not a big reader, but you put the earbuds in, you listen to the Bible being read by someone else. That's great. But that's one kind of relationship with the material and it's just kind of coming in, and that's it. When you read it out loud, it's like you have to, you're processing it back. And, and I find that that's one way of, I don't know, turning up the temperature a little bit on, on the whole experience. Rejoice in how much it's worth. And so you look at it and realize this is worth more than my, whatever, my paycheck or the, some fun thing I wish to get or some, you know, gold I find in my backyard. The Bible is right there. It's a big mindful of treasure just waiting to be opened. Reflect on its meaning and remember it intentionally. Decide that this is going to be a part of your thinking every day, not just on Sundays or someday when you go to a Bible study or something. Those are, those are really designed to supplement what's happening actually in your own life and study with God's Word yourself. So you say, take advantage of all that, right? Go to the Bible studies, come to church, do, read the Bible publicly, do it with friends, but, but also just do it with God yourself and your heart will start to change. I like later in Psalm 119, there's a verse that says, I rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure. Sometimes people look at the Bible and go, it's just kind of boring to me, like I don't really even understand what I'm reading. That has more to do with what you're starting with as, a, as an attitude and expectation than it does with the quality of the material. This will change you. When the Bible is open, it will radically revolutionize your life. It is like great treasure, and the more you dig in, the more you'll find. But if you open it with a bad attitude, you're probably not going to find anything. So you say, Lord, I, I'm, that's why I'm seeking you here. I'm delighting in this. God will start to open doors in your heart. So to kind of tie it back to that original question of how are you doing with your heart and what you're thinking about on a daily basis, uh, here's what we could say. Purity of heart begins with a decision to open God's Word. Because God's Word is where the power for your heart change and purity is going to come from. That's what it's here for. Other things might be helpful, but they won't be enough. But when the Bible is open in front of you, your way gets lit up by the Bible. Your next decision gets lit up by the Bible. And then you go back to verse 9, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. And the more the Bible is a part of you, the more that obeying God's word is something that you'll, you'll start to understand how to do. Not just as a like, hey, you ought to do this thing that feels impossible. No, that, like as you are involved in the Bible, engaging with it in your heart and your mind, the steps that you need to take to obey it become clear. The Bible wasn't written just to be read. 
wasn't even read, written just to be meditated on. It was written to be obeyed. But that's why we have to get it into our hearts. So my encouragement to you going forward is twofold. One is, if you're new to this, or if you would say, hey, I'm not technically new, but I actually haven't been reading the Bible, uh, I would encourage you to start reading the Bible. Um, and you say, I kind of would like some handles on that. You can scroll back and you could pick up this series, your Bible study, and just listen to the audios of it this week. And that'll give you some tracks to run on, some first steps you can take. Maybe you're a veteran Bible reader, and maybe, as I know some of you, like you faithfully wake up, and maybe some of you have the rhythm in the morning or the night or at lunchtime, but some of you on a daily basis are faithfully opening up the Bible. And I would say, keep on that road. Um, even in the times when it feels dry or difficult or not quite as exciting as it used to, you keep plowing forward. God will reward you as you honor His Word. And as you obey his word, you'll experience his blessing in your life. So keep on that path. Don't give it up. Uh, one way or the other, whether our hearts grow in purity in the week ahead, the year ahead, the rest of our lifetimes, will have everything to do with how much of God's word is actually implanted in our heart and then that we're living on that basis. So let's ask for his help. Uh, going forward here in the next few weeks, just to let God's Word maybe once again captivate uh, your attention. So Jesus, we thank you for giving us the Bible. We recognize that some generations of Christians and some people in some places around the world even today don't really have Bibles in front of them the way we do because of the persecution they're under or the different eras of history where it wasn't all laid out this way. So we're very thankful for the amount of access to your words uh, that we have. I pray that we would not take that for granted, that that would increase our thirst and desire for your word. Lord, I pray that you would give us a fresh um, heart that is seeking to learn all we can, not just about the pages of the Bible or the writing of the Bible or the concepts inside, but that we, we really want to know you, Lord. We love you, and we realize this is how you've communicated to us. You've given us your word. So, Lord, I pray for each person in here um, to get their shovel and to go and start mining out the treasure that's here in this book that's in front of us. I pray for some of the teens and kids that are in here that early in their life, they would also take the challenge of verse 9 and decide to live a pure life, to have a pure heart, to pursue your word more than a bunch of the other things that the world might offer them. And in the end, Lord, all of us do want our hearts to be pure because we recognize you, you created us for purposes that are a lot bigger than the the dirt and impurity and negativity of this world. So we don't want to miss what you've put on the table before us because we're so distracted by all of that. Help us, Lord, to fall in love again with your word and today or tomorrow morning to open it and read it. In Jesus' name we pray.